Welcome to Module B. It's going to be a midweek discussion of a film that's out right now and sort of uh, sci-fi classics that have been out for a while. And this week's film is Jurassic World, which just came out last week. It stars Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and a bunch of other people nobody cares about. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, see, previous statement. So... Without further ado, Grant says he has a lot to say about this movie, so what'd you think of it? I thought it sucked. I thought it was a big hunk of dino turd, and I'm still trying to get the smell out of my nostrils after having watched this thing. And I was just overall extremely disappointed in this movie, especially since it was so thoroughly and expertly hyped for many, 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 many months before we got to see it here. And they they had this enormous viral campaign, spent gobs of money marketing this movie, and it looked really cool from all the leaks we were getting, and it was a big disappointment, big letdown on the screen. And why was that? Why did you feel that way? Well, I prepared some alternate titles for the movie that I thought might uh, explain how I feel about this film. Would you Would you like to hear them? Sure, give us one. Yeah, so the first one I came up with was Avengers 2.5 Age of Dinosaurs. Okay. Jurassic World Revenge of the Fallen. Clash of the Dinosaurs. And Jurassic Park Into Darkness. That's how I felt about this movie, because all those titles are... Adapted from other shitty movies, and Jurassic World has taken all the qualities of those shitty movies, and it's kind of blended them into like a big, whirling, like, dino turd shake for everybody to have when they watch this movie. It blows. Alright? It just blows. Major dick. Well, I think three of your titles are accurate, but uh, you just said the Avengers sucked. So I want to roll that back. Avengers 2 is pretty good. Okay, yeah, fine. The Avengers was good, but taking that big budget action movie ethos from Avengers and sticking it into Jurassic Park, the franchise, bad idea, in my opinion. Why is it a bad idea, though? I mean, that worked with the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, but it didn't really, because I thought the, the original Jurassic Park... I thought it was more, less of an action movie and more of an adventure film. And I thought, number one, the film had the right amount of buildup. I mean, there's there's a pretty significant portion of the film before anything really happens in the movie. I mean, we're I think we're like 25 minutes into the film before, you know, Sam Neill is going crazy because there's a, a dinosaur in front of him. And so that there is some world building that happens in Jurassic Park, and we get a sense of the the space. Well, the problem with Jurassic World is, is everything happens so fucking quickly, and there's really not even a chance to uh, explore the park. You know, the the first thing we see is these kids, you know, these whiny kids who are you know going, they're getting sent by their parents who are getting a divorce and stuff, and they get sent on a little <laughs> Disney World trip to Jurassic World, right, with their you know. Uh, Ice Queen Ant, who can't uh, do anything but work in her job managing the park. And we're immediately right into it, right? They get on the catamaran or whatever it is, the, the cruise ship, and they're, they're, at the, they're at the park. Which is a shame, because the most interesting character in this movie to me was the park itself. I would have liked to see more of how the park works and the things that they've got going on there, rather than... Uh, I don't know. I just I thought a better way to start the movie and to get it going would be something more ominous, like they did in Jurassic Park, where um, the worker gets killed by the raptor, and you never really see the raptor, but you know kind of what you're uh, expecting, that something bad is going to happen here. The little shot of the Indominus Rex hatching out of its egg and like looking at the other egg is not... It's not enough for me. I don't think anything in this movie... Makes a lot of sense, really. No, I I think they should have started the movie more with some kind of, I don't know, some kind of scene to show the Indominus is really, really a, a 
you know, the prime threat in the movie. And then they should have just jumped right to, you know, hey, like we're bringing Chris Pratt in and he's going to evaluate the the structure and stuff. And in the midst of that, I think we should have seen more of how the park is laid out, how it works, exactly what's going on there, the details of it. But they just jump right in the action, which is weird to me because they copy so many plot points and structure in this movie from the original Jurassic Park, but they just don't use any of it very well. It's like a soft reboot. It's what it feels like to me. Yes. Because you have the park and you have the big dinosaur and blah, 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 and the two fucking kids, and then they bring in the expert to evaluate the park's function for some reason after it's already open, even though you probably would have wanted somebody to check on that before you opened the park. And the kids get in the vehicle of some sort, then everything goes to shit, and they're attacked by this film's T-Rex, which is a separate issue, because that whole Indominus Rex thing is just... I guess we should back up and explain that. If you haven't seen the movie, we probably shouldn't be listening to this if you haven't seen the movie, but if you have and you are unclear, the Indominus Rex is a dinosaur created in the lab out of other dinosaur DNA, but apparently it has superpowers. It's psychic, and it can somehow mask its infrared signature with magic. Basically, it's a it's a test bed for like a government weapons program. They make that pretty clear in the movie, and it's a stupid idea. And we're well, going to yeah. get two obligatory sequels out of it. But it reminds me of like a, just a shitty movie rush to VHS where it's just because science, the dinosaur does this. Yeah. The original movie at least took the time to explain in the books like Mr. DNA and like the dinosaur DNA in the amber was just missing a couple pieces and we borrowed some pieces from frogs and you know now we can kind of make a dinosaur. This is 99% a dinosaur. But this movie's like okay so the we made it invisible because science. Like I don't know any creature that can turn off its infrared signature at will. And I don't know any creature that is psychic. And I certainly don't think that if you spliced an eggplant, you know, into a banana, the banana is going to recognize the eggplant as one of its own. Like, just the entire justification for all the action shit that happens is just because science, which I think is unfortunate because the first movie at least tried to stick to the book, which was very science heavy, and actually took like the time to say, here's how you, you could do this conceivably. Right, even though, like, the whole idea of doing that, the amber out of mosquito, you know, the mosquitoes in amber and extracting DNA from them, like, we know that could never really work today and probably will work never, but still, like, plausibly scientific idea that Crichton explained pretty well. He got dinosaur blood somehow. Yeah. If you could get your hands on it, what they did is conceivable in science. Like, that's... Not just made up shit, but here it's like we're making weapons, so we need smart raptors with heads up displays and cameras for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then a psychic giant T Rex. And by the way, it wasn't scary at all. No, it was stupid. And it yeah. was the, the bigger problem was that the people are stupid. Like in, in Jurassic Park 1, I get that the problem is that Dennis Nedry is a fat, greedy asshole. I get that. And he kind of fucks up everything for everybody else. But here it's like Chris Pratt is retarded. Bryce Dallas Howard's retarded. Dr. Wu's retarded. Like, they go into the Indominus Rex enclosure because they think it's missing because there's claw marks on the gate. And then they instantly assume, like, oh, it must be gone now. It must not be in here. Let's walk around. Right. It doesn't really seem like they they take much time to go through safety protocols. Do you want to check first, maybe? (laughs) Like, let's just go in there. And then, oh, yeah, it turned off its infrared signature. Like, did you guys know it could do that? If you did know that, wouldn't you try and, you know, include that in your monitoring system? Like, maybe seismic, so if it's walking around or something. Or I guess maybe the dinosaur can float, right? So it doesn't trigger seismic sensors. I don't know. Apparently they built a bunch of shit into this dinosaur as... Yeah, but I'm saying if you know you built it in, wouldn't you then like incorporate that into your surveillance system? Like, okay, we know that the infrared sensors aren't going to work, so why put infrared sensors in the pen? I think the movie does explain that a little bit because they actually, the people running the park, 
including the guy who owns the fucking company, which is inexplicable to me, uh, do yes. not know what the Indominus Rex is actually made of. All they know is that its its base genome is a T-Rex, and all the other stuff is for some reason classified. I'm just wondering, how, as the owner of the company that is making the dinosaur, are you not allowed to know what is in the dinosaur that you're making? That's what I mean, though. Like, somebody <laughs> yeah, working there knows. Somebody Right, knows. only, only uh, what's his name, uh, Dr. Wu, only he knows what was in the Indominus Rex until later in the movie. But you'd think that he would just say, like, in a memo or something, like, hey, the exacts, you know, the nuts and bolts are classified, but... Here's the surveillance system you need for the pen for safety, and that's just the way it is. Yes, I, that would have made sense. They they should have done that. Yeah, I, why isn't he, why is he cooped up in a little lab all the time, like cloistered away from everybody else? And they have like him in a glass enclosure so people can come in and watch them working. But yet he's not consulting on any um, ways to deal with the dinosaurs that he's making and putting into the park for them. He's in the glass yeah. enclosure because that's like the first movie. Yeah, well, it's it, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, it that's, seems that's like he should be doing more useful things. Like he's in the glass enclosure because that's the reveal shot of the scientist in the first movie, when the lawyer guy's like, "Ooh, are they autoerotic? You know, like, are they real people? Or are we watching the scientists?" And John Hammond's like, "Oh, yes, they're real." That's the only reason that's in there. And it's like, could you have maybe? I just don't even think you need to make it Jurassic Park. Just make it another movie about dinosaurs or. You know, if it has to be Jurassic Park, don't try and do a, like a soft reboot of Jurassic Park. Don't include kids. I mean, I guess the kids are in there, so you'll buy toys. But like, why go so far into like fucking insane world? Like the the hamster ball. What is that about? Well, actually, I thought that was pretty cool. I see that. That's the only thing that looks cool, but yeah. you you can't like. If you're trying to ground us in a world where the only leap of logic is that people have spliced together DNA to make dinosaurs, fine. But then you're introducing, like, hamster gyro ball, you know, Will Smith after Earth shit. Just put him in a fucking Jeep or something. Like, what was wrong with that? Or have a driverless car or something. Like, you don't need to make up some weird sci-fi goofball shit. Like, there's plenty of other options for them to explore the vehicle. And that just, like, it's... If you're going to have something as crazy as dinosaurs in your movie, don't take your audience out of the movie by introducing other, like, you know, weird sci-fi shit. Like, they might as well have had a hover car. Well, they they do have more realistic things in in other scenes. Like, they show the, the uh, shot of the people on, like, the Gallimimus tour, and they're in a big safari bus yeah, kind of thing. and that was cool. I thought that worked. Yeah, and, and those are the things that I liked about the movie. I liked all the attractions that they were showing off that they have for people at this park. Like you can go into like the herbivore herd field and uh, ride among amongst them in this gyro ball thing, right? Putting aside the fact that the, <clears throat> the technology for that and everything related to it, you know, that's another leap that they ask us to take. But I think it's a cool concept that you are, in essence, able to walk among the dinosaurs in this protective space I mean, that is a cool ride, and that it's just so de rigueur in this movie that they have some, like, wasted uh, teenage stoner guy running the uh, the gyrosphere ride. Yeah, and it's, but the part that it broke down for me with that is that it doesn't seem realistic that you let people drive the balls themselves, because you know how people are assholes, even at, like, places like Disney World and stuff. You know, people, if you give them control of those gyro balls, they're going to be, like, running into dinosaurs and trying to, like, weave in between, like, dinosaurs' legs and stuff, and generally just bothering the animals like they do at every other zoo. So I thought it would have made more sense to have it on a track or something. Yeah, but if you're going to put it on that track, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, why... Or, or to have, like, some kind of, like, GPS thing built in so that the they're not in control, that the central command is in control, and it's just telling them, like, to avoid walking, you know, rolling in front of dinosaurs and stuff so it can intelligently follow a route but also avoid the dinosaurs so it's not disturbing them. I think that would have been more realistic. I would have bought that more. But then things like the Gallimimus ride... The safari stuff, that was cool. And the little petting zoo for, like, all the baby dinosaurs and kids are, like, hugging the shit out of the stuff. I thought that was pretty cool, too. I just wish there were more stuff like that, like the Shamu Splash World. Great. That works for me. Everything works for me except the fucking hamster balls because it's just... 
it, you're you're asking me to take too many leaps here. Like, just let me have dinosaurs. Right, and I just... It, it seems like they used a lot of those scenes as, like, the candy, the teaser, to get you sucked in. The problem is that I got sucked in, but then they kind of take you out for this Indominus Rex storyline and, you know, Chris Pratt trying to save these two kids whom you wish would die in this movie because they're so stupid. Yeah. But, you know, when when all the time I really wanted to be still in that, okay, you know, exploring the park mindset, right? All the cool stuff with, like, seeing the T-Rex being fed and the people inside, like, the fake log and stuff with the viewing screen and all that. That that stuff is just really cool. And that's the, that's the stuff that people have been dreaming about since they released the first Jurassic Park. What would it be like if it was actually running? I mean, there's whole video games dedicated to this, and they they show us this big CGI park, right? But then they really don't let us explore it. But the, that's what I'm saying. The park is there in service of the Indominus Rex escapes or whatever, and then all the dinosaurs are out attacking people. That's the only reason the park's really there. Yeah, to it's, serve as the, the bottleneck to mayhem that gets released. Right, so you can just have more scenes of people like running away from the, the pterodactyls and shit. Like, Cool, fine, it looks neat and everything, but... If you're going to have recycle so many beats from the original movie, why not just have, like, here's the park, it's open, and instead of Dennis Nedry getting paid by the pedophile guy in Costa Rica, why not have Vincent D'Onofrio's evil military forces be the Dennis Nedry? Have them fuck up the works. Like, let us live in the park when it's running smoothly. Don't just go like, oh, here's the park, here's here's a shot of this, and then... Remember this, because in 10 minutes, it's going to be destroyed when the action starts. Yeah, and, you know, they, they could have, when everything goes to shit, the Indominus would then escape or something like that. Right. And then the story should have revolved around, like, Chris Pratt and a couple other characters trying to survive their way out of the, the mayhem that Vincent caused. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole host of things like, oh, we're going to try and steal it, or we need it or we're going to let it go or even something really evil like resident evil style umbrella corporation we're going to let it go and see what it does to people mhm just anything but the dinosaur is a psychic monster that can conceal itself and talks to raptors and tells them to join us bring order to the island yeah and and i watched this on an hd screen and i just did not find the indominus rex a very intimidating creature at all it just, yeah. the design of it, I mean, the thing we see the most of is, like, it's kind of um, three-pronged claw hand, and that it's just not scary. I mean, it's just not scary, and because they don't use it judiciously. I think that's why, you know, still after all these years, the original Jurassic Park works so well, especially, like, the kitchen scene with the raptors. Because they are actually scary and like you feel some like, you know, the characters are in mortal danger at that point. Well, I don't really feel that. And in fact, I kind of want these kids to die because they're so stupid. They make the dumb, like who the fuck decides you see like a a, a park, the fence is cut or whatever. And you're going to roll your gyro ball down into the, the woods or whatever. Yeah, I don't. And even after you've been told that everybody's coming back, right? But... Go in the woods. That's one of the things I had a problem with, though, because then they're counting the dinosaurs in the woods, whatever they are, the stegosauruses or something, and then it's like, see, one, two, three, four, and then the little kid, who I think was in Iron Man 3, maybe, looks like the same kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the shed kid. Yeah. Says, like, ooh, five, because it's the reflection of the Indominus Rex behind them and, like, the hamster ball glass. And I know that they're copying the moment when Lex and Tim are stuck in the, the Land Rover, and they're playing with the flashlight and freaking out because the T-Rex is walking around. And Dr. Grant is like, oh, fuck, they had the flashlight on. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. I know they're trying to copy that. But the reason that that first scene is terrifying is because it's at night. It's raining. No one knows what's going on. The park shut down. They're stuck out next to the most dangerous dinosaur on the island. The fence is broken. And then, you know, the reveal of, like, the T-Rex head coming down next to the car, and then she shines the flashlight in its eye, and the eye, like, the pupil contracts, and it's like, oh, shit. This is just like, ooh, the dinosaur's behind you guys. It's like a pop scare in a, one of those, um, fuck. The movie about, like, the ghost in your house, you gotta set up the cameras everywhere. 
Oh, paranormal activity. Yeah. It's like a jump scare <laughs> and fucking paranormal activity. Like, ooh, Indominus Rex. Like, how did you not notice that thing behind you? That's why I think it can float. That's why I think the dinosaur can fly. Because they're sitting there in the hamster ball silently like, ooh, look, let's count the dinosaurs. Then it gets like within two feet of them and they're, they don't notice it. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that happen? And then when they're escaping, jumping in the waterfall... These kids are like Navy SEAL experts. Like, let, we're going to time this jump down to the millisecond, and the jaws are going to snap and miss us, like in a shitty action movie. Yeah. Because, I, did they, I, they must have read the script. That must have been in the hamster ball. And then somehow the kid knows to stay underwater until the dinosaur leaves. Yes, and they know the exact amount of time before it gets bored and leaves. Yeah. Like, yeah, too, was, too much convenient things happening. That was part too of the many. fun of the original movies, that you had the people who have the book theoretical knowledge of the dinosaurs and then the people who have the practical knowledge of the dinosaurs like Robert Muldoon, but none of them really know what they're doing. Like they're kind of making it up as they go along here. It's apparently everybody's an expert on dinosaurs and, you know, cliff diving and special operations and jungle warfare. Like, well, I buy that the people who run the park in this movie are experts in the dinosaurs' behavior. Oh, because, yeah, but not the kids. Yeah, yeah, not the kids, certainly. Because we know at this point the park's been around for like 14 years now. So they, they have seen pretty much everything. They have like whole containment teams, and all that makes sense to me. All that is realistic. Uh, just the fact that the kids would have like all this, you know, suddenly action skills and all that, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. That's it makes me want them to die more. This would be like uh, Ian Malcolm grabbing a machine gun and killing raptors in the first movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, you, they would not know that. And it's, it's just... Or he uh, pulls the big Jack Nicholson gun out of his pants and just blasts a T-Rex or something. Just, and, <laughs> well, yeah, while they're driving away in the car. Just something. Like, it, it's so... I buy Chris Pratt's character because he's like the ex-Navy SEAL super commando guy who's also an expert and whatever, fine. That's, that's the character. Right. Fine. He's going to be with us for another two movies right. at least. I'll accept him. I don't particularly like his character in this movie, but you know what? That's, it's, I'll accept that he has that knowledge, but it just fucking sticks in my craw that like, it's the kid from Jurassic Park 3. It's like that level of convenience. Like The kid who gets left alone for three days in the island is now a survival expert and lives in the InGen trailer and collects T-Rex piss somehow and has a stealth poncho. And this was like a spoiled rich kid whose uncle was taking him on a parasailing expedition before. Yeah, you know, that that is actually interesting that you bring that up because before I saw this movie, Jurassic Park 3, unquestionably the worst of the, the original three movies. Um... Particularly because of that kid. I just couldn't stand that kid. I was waiting for him to die so eagerly, but it never happened. The other, the, the, the big strength, though, that I saw in Jurassic Park 3 was the, like, the main antagonist. I thought the Spinosaurus was a much better villain than this Indominus Rex thing. I thought it was actually, the T-Rex. Right, it was actually scarier than the T-Rex. And I thought, I thought, you know, like they, they worked those scenes well with like the, the satellite phone and stuff and how they could tell like the Spinosaurus was around them when that went off because it had eaten the guy who yeah. uh, had that. It's like that worked really well for me. The just again, we talked about this already, but the, you know, the Indominus Rex stuff doesn't. I thought it was a pretty weak antagonist. And I, it, it makes me wonder like why they chose to focus you know, on this dinosaur being the antagonist rather than, you know, some humans on the island. Because for a lot of the movie, it's like they can't decide who is the bad guy, really. They don't, I don't think they ever yeah. really decide, like, though. Like, is the Indominus Rex the bad guy, or is it like Vincent D'Onofrio and his, like, commando guys who are clearly doing something fishy or whatever? I mean, it, but again, that's the good point of the first movie, like when uh, Dr. Sattler and John Hammond are having the ice cream, and she's trying to explain to him that, you know, you, you were never in control of this in the first place. It's nature. Like, the animals get out, and then they do what they're going to do because they're animals. It's not like that the, the Indominus Rex, it, I just keep coming back to this, but it's like... It's, they make it evil, and it's, it's like not It's like the fucking evil. Sith Lord. It's, yeah. it's planning the downfall of the right. island. It's just an animal. Like, it... Yeah. If you let it out, it'll eat people. It's not evil. It's like, you know, if you get attacked by a bear or something, the bear doesn't have any 
ill will or animus toward you. It's just an animal. It's what it does. Yeah, that that I thought that was a a big a big thing wrong with this movie is just trying to make that dinosaur evil. I would buy it if they made it like, oh, we genetically engineered this to be like you know deadlier in every way. But you can't. I don't think you can genetically engineer in like making something like deliberately evil, like that it kills things for sports or whatever. Yeah, like it's it's they're just they're animals. So like the that's the thing to me with Jurassic Park is that the the things that go wrong are because of people. I mean, the animals serve as the unwitting agents of the people who are releasing them or trying to capture them or whatever. But at no point do the raptors form a conclave and decide like, hey, you know what would be really cool is if we broke out of this compound and started eating people. Right, and and in this one, the Indominus Rex has been plotting all of this for for years. Yeah, before apparently, yeah, it it <laughs> it got itself elected supreme chancellor, and yeah, that, right, it started the Clone War, and every, as soon as it hatched yeah. from the egg, you know, you could tell it was making the motion of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum, and it, yeah, like they they just like it's the evil mastermind, and I, <laughs> I mean, if you have to do that, if you absolutely have to do that, I mean, at least make it more plausible, like. The dinosaur has been trained to follow, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's commands or something. Just right, and and he commands it to jump out and start killing things because he wants to see what it's going to do. Yeah, just something yeah. like that. Like, not that the dinosaur has been waiting until the yeah. exact right moment to cloak itself and escape, like the predator. Just so, what do you, what do you think of the acting in this movie generally? Uh, I think Chris Pratt was pretty good for for the material that he was supplied with. I'm, his character is probably one of the only likable people in the film. Uh, I think he has realistic skills. Uh, he stays grounded, I think, and that makes sense for his character. I think he did a generally pretty good job. I think that I liked his character in this movie. I mean, I didn't like his character. Like, I don't think we'd be pals, but I liked the character in the movie. I think this just confirms that he's playing Indiana Jones, though. That's... Yeah. Yeah, it... It's all and about I think confirmed. he'll do a really great job at that. Yeah, but I, and but that's kind of this character. This guy felt like a Indiana Jones plus dinosaurs, mm-hmm. like a very grounded, level-headed person who gets thrown into these fucked-up situations and uses his knowledge, his wide array of eclectic knowledge, to kind of figure out like, okay, well, here's what we should do. I liked him. I liked Bryce Dallas Howard, even though apparently Joss Whedon did not. Uh, yeah, well, the only thing with her character is that. She, well, she spends a whole movie in high heels, and she well, can yeah. somehow run around in high heels. Like that—that's another subject that's just completely batshit crazy. But <laughs> you know, they—they kind of make her more than anybody else. She's the one who undergoes this transformative arc in the movie. Her character evolves from like this workaholic to—I don't know—more of like a family-oriented person. That right. worked in Jurassic Park when they had the same kind of transformation with uh, the Dr. Grant character. Yeah. But it felt earned in Jurassic Park because of all the experiences he had with the kids. The problem with this one is that um, she's not with the kids for 90% of the movie. No, that's isn't that the subject <laughs> of the phone call with... Yeah. Um, with her, uh, her sister. Yeah, yeah, her sister's is like, oh, so are you and the kids having a good time? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Well, no, bullshit. And it's like, okay, you caught me, but I, they're with my assistant, so it's fine. Whereas I, I think that the better way of doing that would have been like the crisis happens when the three of them are together and she's kind of forced to yeah. deal and, with the kids. And then she's, so at the end of the movie, she kind of, there's this realization that she's she's realized what is what is really important for her and stuff, and but but somehow that translates into hooking up with Chris Pratt. Again. Know, right. <laughs> But I, I, like I said, I think that they this is like a soft attempt, not even a soft reboot. It's like a they're retelling Jurassic Park. They're retelling the same tale, and there is that implied, you know, Doctor Sadler, Doctor Grant thing in the movie Jurassic Park, and that's kind of implied here. And the kids, it's kind of like trying to tie it into a bow at the end. But you're right, none of it feels earned. Like the characters don't go through any sort of transformation that leads them to that point. It's just, okay, last 10 minutes of the movie are coming up. We better wrap this up. Yeah. Speaking of the kids, though. Well, yeah, let's fuck, like, fuck those kids. I, I was so disappointed that at least one of them didn't die. If any kid in a movie who's annoying and is named Gray deserves to die. I actually didn't mind the older kid. 
Well, because he really didn't do anything. Right. I actually, I really liked his character, <laughs> like that he was, you know, really distracted and like texting his girlfriend and shit the whole time. Like, you know, yeah. I got stuck with my little brother. Fuck, this dinosaur park is stupid. Like, what are you up to? Show me your tits. Like, that, okay, he's a 16-year-old boy. That That's fine. That fits. But the little kid, like, looked like he was having a great time even when they were going to die, like, half the time. Then randomly he throws in like the parents are getting divorced and really sad, and then it's back to like, ooh, this is fun. Let's jump off the cliff and escape the Indominus Rex's jaws. Are, are you terrified? Are you having a good time? Like, yeah, the kids in this one they kind of felt shoehorned in as like yeah. this really weird subplot. And I didn't get it at all, and I thought the little kid is a better actor than the older kid. Ironically, since we both just said that we like the older kid's character better. <laughs> Yeah. But uh who else? Uh oh yeah, Masrani, the guy playing uh uh the Masrani guy who owns yeah. the company and everything. For some reason. I mean he was I, I guess he was supposed to be comic relief for the part of the movie where he was alive and he was okay, but I mean it was comic relief when his helicopter crashed. I laughed. <laughs> but I don't think you were supposed to. No, but that's that's the problem. Like I thought it was fucking funny when he died, but it's, it's supposed to be like horrible and <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's like the uh what's his face? I can never Donald Gennaro getting eaten off the toilet. Mm-hmm. That is supposed to be kind of funny. Right, cuz he's the blood-sucking yeah, lawyer. Cuz he's an unlikable character who's like, "Hey, put those goggles down. They cost a lot of money." You know, ooh, when we have a coupon day, so all the fucking poor kids can come to the park too. Yeah, whereas Masrani like, is, you know, he is made out to be a likable character. He's very sanguine and he's uh, harmless. Yeah, he's yeah. a harmless philosophical guy, and they just they kill him in some stupid helicopter stunt thing that he's trying to do. But they kill him, I think, <laughs> because they killed like Donald Gennaro. Yeah, like they're they're again they're trying to retell Jurassic Park, and they're like, mm, that guy's kind of like him, so let's kill him. And Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, I mean, his character's completely one-dimensional. I thought that they wasted him in this movie because he is a fantastic actor. Yeah, he's a good actor, but his they just character wasted him. Is, is evil military guy. Yeah, and he really hams it up, I think. Well, he was having fun with it. I mean, what else yeah, are you going to do? Right, you're getting paid to be in this movie, and he, he he's a smart guy. He can probably read a script and know whether it's going to be a good movie or not, so I'm sure he, he hammed it up because of that or because somebody told him to. I don't know. Um but he, I think they wasted him. I was surprised that uh, Dr. Wu gets, like, one scene in this movie. Yeah, especially the amount of time or the amount of uh, space he had in the advertising campaign for this. Yes. Especially their, their fake Apple ad, like, hmm, you know, anything's possible with DNA. I'm Dr. Henry Wu. Let me tell you about it. Yes. He's, yeah. I think they. I was. I was surprised by that. I thought B.D. Wong's a good actor as well. I think he should have been in. I think he would have helped explain more of what was going on in the the park, right? If he had been allowed to. If he had been like a a more prominent like character in solving the problem, though, I think that yeah. would have been helpful too. And uh, you know, all the supporting characters are mostly okay. I mean, most of them are just used for comic relief. The one guy, though, uh, Chris Pratt's uh, trainer, yeah, friend, the uh, Manny, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, like, does he just get like left in the woods or something inside that log? Because <laughs> they don't show what happens to him after that. I guess. <laughs> so the parks, everybody's been evacuated, and he's out there just still in this log, like waiting for people to come pick him up. <laughs> I. Poor, I really poor can't. Guy. Yeah, who I I don't know who else he. Yeah, I guess he's just stuck there. Maybe he'll live in an InGen trailer and become a survival expert. Yeah, collect T Rex piss and. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the Deus Ex Machina ending again with the same thing. The T Rex comes out of nowhere and saves all of them inadvertently. But the, I, Except this time, it's not inadvertently. I mean, she goes and releases the T-Rex so that they can have a big boss battle. But the, that's the thing, though. The T-Rex, like I was saying before, the T-Rex is an animal, just like all the other animals. If you open the gate for the T-Rex, it's not like, I choose you, Pikachu, go, fight the other Pokemon. That's what she did. Yeah, but it, the T-Rex should just be like, you know, sniff, sniff, hmm, what's going on here? I'm going to walk around now. Not like, oh, I know, I better defeat the Indominus Rex because... I'm Luke Skywalker, apparently. Yeah. And the end of this movie, weird to me because they didn't resolve anything. No. It was, it was clearly just a setup for the sequel. 
Well, I guess they resolve the immediate danger, but yeah. There's yes, but in Jurassic Park, we we know how things end up, right? Yeah. With all the like the main characters that we care about, they each have some kind of transformation that they go through, and we get it by the end. The park is not going to happen, and they're flying away. We get that, and it's all wrapped up nicely. And you know, to a lesser extent, same thing with the other two movies. I thought, that, you know, of course, like people rail against the Lost World because of that s- the stupid last twenty percent of the movie with the T Rex in San Diego. Yes, but again, at the end of the movie, it was resolved, and everybody, you know, they had a denouement and everything in in the film, and same thing with Jurassic Park three, although it that one was probably a little rushed. This one, it's just like, okay, everybody's evacuated. We're we're in the evacuation thing. Uh, Bryce, you want to hook up with Chris Pratt? Okay. Um, you know, B.D. Wong escapes on a helicopter and, you know, makes some allusion to the, the government deal that he's got or something, which means that we're going to have raptors robbing banks. Yeah, I think that's... Let's talk about Chris Pratt's pet raptors, though. <clears throat> I think the idea that they are trainable in some fashion is a cool concept. I think that that works in this movie. I believe it because they are just animals. They're intelligent animals. But like you said, animals just do things and we know animals can be trained. So that is realistic to me. I didn't have a problem with him training them because the raptors have been shown to be intelligent enough to open a door. So I have to assume that they're smart on the same level as a dog. It's fine, but... The heads-up display and, like, all the other weird shit, like, you're the different, like, you're blue and you're red and, like, there's the raptor team. It's just, why not just have the raptors, like, in Jurassic Park 1? Like, they live in their enclosure. There's the one who's the dominant one. That's it. You know? They, they do raptor shit. Like, they don't need to be commandos who are then converted to the other side by the Indominus Rex. I kind of like that he gave them names and that he was working with them as a team and individually because it kind of makes them more than just killing machines. And it was an interesting juxtaposition compared with the other movies where it's pretty clear that the Raptors are always the number one villains in the movie. And here they turn them into, oh, they're not villains anymore anymore. They're animals, and we can train them, and they actually work with us to some extent. I thought that was an interesting idea. I thought that took a lot of courage for them to to do that in this movie, and it works. But like you said, the worst part of the movie for me is when the Indominus Rex somehow communicates with the raptors and convinces them to change sides because it somehow it understands the power dynamics of everything that's going on, right? And then... The Raptors are about to kill Chris Pratt and the team, and they they have like their Darth Vader throwing the Emperor down the the reactor core moment, and decide to switch sides and fight the Indominus again because they they remember and they love Chris Pratt. I thought that was so stupid; it was laughable. I always read the Raptors as being too smart to train in Jurassic Park. Like when Robert Muldoon says, you know, the big one, when she's looking at you, you can tell she's working things out. Like you can see the gears turning. Maybe so. If you're going to have an animal in in there that's going to be like the Indominus Rex, I know what I'm doing, I'm cognizant, I'm sentient, I would rather have the raptors be that because they've been established to be, you know, smart and capable of understanding how things work. Abstract concepts like opening a door or like they know they have to get into the control room. Versus just, you know, they're dogs now, and then they're loyal to the other thing that shares their DNA, but then they remember me because I trained them and fed them treats. So is that the worst part for you as well? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it I, makes sense. It it doesn't make any sense. No, it makes sense that it would be the worst part. I know what you're saying, but part. I mean, it, that's why it's the worst part, because it makes no sense. Like, the rest of the movie... There's like a tangential connection to I see how that could make sense in the world they're building. But at no point does Henry Wu say like, ah, yes, and we also discovered that the, you know, the Venus flytrap is uh, psychic, so we blended that DNA in as well. And now that it, you know, it can communicate with other dinosaurs. Or 
Because it has raptor DNA, the Indominus Rex knows the raptors will be loyal to it, and the raptors in turn know they can't harm the thing that's made from them. Like, how the fuck do raptors know what's in the DNA? Yeah. Now, if they had said something like, okay, maybe it exudes raptor pheromones or whatever, so the raptors are confused on what it is, I might have been more willing to go, ah, okay, but still at no point did they establish that the, the thing is psychic and is like, hey, change sides, and the raptors are like, all right, we're going to change sides now. Yeah, but definitely the the best the best thing about this movie, for me, where it really succeeds is is the park itself. Again, just thought that was the best part, and all the little nods to the previous films, like the Mister DNA sighting, and the John Hammond statue, and that like their upgraded Super Visitor Center, and all the rides and attractions that they have there, and everything that you can do in the park. That all is so cool. I think they did they did an incredible job bringing that to life. It's just a shame they wouldn't let us enjoy it a little bit more. And the Jurassic Park uh, original hipster T-shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, that's another little thing that I uh, we were led to believe would be a more significant element of the film, but it wasn't really. It mm-hmm. was like one little scene where they're in the old overgrown visitor center, just in the ruins of the the old visitor center from the first movie. And the kids are in there, and then uh, they get some gas jeeps out of there, and that that was it. Um, not, I'm not saying there should have been more of that, but you know the marketing material is kind of just interesting that everything yeah. still worked in there. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I wish that we could have seen more of the park, though. Like I said, because the park's cool, and I wish that it had been you established the routine of the park more before you disrupted it, because it's just like here's ten minutes of the park working, and then we have to get to the action now. Like, yeah, we whereas fuck in shit up. the original, we, we got to see a lot of the routine before yeah. things got fucked up. We got all the way past Alejandro's sea bass and whatever else, Chilean sea bass he was making. Well, yeah, then they were on the tour. Yeah. The park was working like it's supposed to, and then things went awry. That just disappointing to me, I guess. I, I like some of the stuff from the park attack. Like that's I wish we had seen some more of that, because that was interesting. The dinosaurs attacking people. Yeah. Like, but, uh, I liked her assistant, uh, Bryce's assistant, getting killed by... Like, see, I wonder, though, how she got killed, though. Did she get chomped down by the um, Mosasaurus or whatever it is in the in the water? Or because the Mosasaurus chomped down on the Pteranodon that was carrying her, did she just, like, get sucked down into this thing's stomach and is getting slowly digested over the course of a thousand years? I think she got bitten in half. Okay. Fair enough. But I, I liked that. That was good. Yeah, the, the death and destruction stuff, like, although it didn't happen to the kids, uh, you know, that was good stuff. That just feels out of place to me, though, about the kids. Is like the people who should survive, like the people who are familiar with the park, die. Mm-hmm. But the kids who are just driving the gyro ball around like a bunch of assholes, like drunk kids driving a golf cart around, they're fine. Yeah. But and there's other good stuff. Like, did you see the guy who made sure to take his drinks tray with him while he was escaping the pterodactyls? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the old guy. Yeah. <laughs> he ran into, like, the whatever the... The Starbucks or whatever yeah, yeah. with this hide in there. Yeah, that that is another point where this movie, I think, really succeeds well, is that in building this park and showing us the design of this park and giving us those precious 10 minutes of the routine in there, they really, it's a good commentary on the consumerism in society and how the park kind of exemplifies and amplifies that. Because, you know, you think dinosaurs recreated would be the coolest thing in the world and that nobody would ever get tired of it well 15 years later people do get tired of it and it's just disney world and they have to sell more merchandise they have to keep up in attendance and you know they've got all these like the sponsorships verizon wireless presents the indominus rex Mm -hmm. thought all of that was really good social critique there that was that was interesting it's just a shame that that had to get subsumed by the action plot demands but again, that's in that's in Jurassic Park, the original. Yeah. It's one of the things Donald Gennaro is talking about during their Chilean sea bass meal is, oh, we'll have t-shirts and lunchboxes. And then I think in The Lost World, 
they do see the t-shirts and lunchboxes in like the test store they had on site B. No, that was in the first movie. It was in the first movie. Okay, yeah. I got confused. But yeah, they have all the merchandise and shit ready to roll. Right. It's. I mean, it is. The Starbucks being there is appropriate because there's a Starbucks everywhere. Right, but it, but in Jurassic Park, I think the consumerism aspect of it, you know, it's it's a light touch, right? Well, it's the a park very, wasn't open yet. Yeah, it's a it's a very subtle critique, and I think the one who gives the most voice to it is uh, Malcolm's character because he talks about you know how you're packaging it and now you're selling it, you're selling it when they're having the sea bass. You're going to package it and slap it on a lunchbox, right? And sell it, yeah. And and that was you know it was subtle but poignant, and in this one they kind of hit you over the head with it because now we live in this age where communication is instantaneous and it's like media saturation well the park is it's now part of that i guess i was just kind of let down in the contrast between like here's a subtle critique of this and you know you can't control nature and you're trying to put this in a lunchbox and just sell it because it'll sell like hotcakes like what are you really doing versus like boom a starbucks and hey did you check out the indominus rex presented by verizon wireless so you can practically see the person doing the shenmue show giving like a 30-second advertising spiel beforehand. Like, why isn't there a giant Snapple bottle, like an inflatable Snapple bottle on top yeah. of the, the SeaWorld thing? But, like, but you know, as, as good as the way they did it in Jurassic Park was, I have to imagine that if that park had been successful and it had become what Jurassic World was in this movie, that we would see that same level of consumerism and like just rapacious capitalism present in the park in every possible oh, way yeah. like it is i think that is very realistic i mean it, and it, it's clearly inspired by if you go to places like disney world and stuff i mean the layout and everything that that was again the park's the best character that was what it was interesting <laughs> I, don't, I don't disagree the original park would have gone that way but yeah. it's just like you can have that and show it and have it be ostentatious and there but you don't need to do it like to, this almost felt like Starship Troopers level of trying to hit you over the head with a message. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> Except Starship Troopers was trying to lampoon itself. Right. <laughs> but this felt like it was unintentionally reaching yeah. that point where it was, okay, I get it. Like, I, message received. There's way too much commercial shit going on in the park. Got it. Check. Like, move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. Don't spend your, ta- your 10 minutes. You have only have 10 minutes to show me the park. Don't don't show me so much plastic crap. Show me more of like people taking selfies while getting splashed by the mosasaur. Yeah. Well, let me live in the world. I don't want to buy the shit that I don't want to buy the plastic crap. I want to imagine myself being there. I want to get my foot run over by a fat woman on a scooter. Like I, I want to the experience, the frustration of there being was in a park. person on the scooter. In right. The- <laughs> exactly. But I'm saying like when you go to Disney World, it's it's fun, but it's also immensely frustrating just with the amount of stupid people who are in there doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Like, don't make it a, a prepackaged plastic shiny park. Like, let me sit on a bench and get fucking gum stuck to my shorts or something. Just. Just like a a little more of that. On a serious note, though, I think the toys from this movie will be fucking awesome. Uh, Yeah. They have to be. They're probably pretty cool, (laughs) but I I guess my problem with them is, like, they're fun and they're neat, but is the movie... Was the production of this movie about telling the story, or is it about, like, hey, we got these sick-ass toys, we need a new dinosaur to make it. It just felt like... George Lucas, like, let's make clone troopers because we can make toys out of them. Right. We, Collect all 50. Right. Do you really need to do that? Or, like, they include the kid, I think, the same reason they include Anakin, like, so they capture that younger 10, 11-year-old audience that's, like, the the perfect age for buying the toys. Like, I, it just feels very commercial, where the first movie was trying to talk about, like, you know, just because science can do something, should it do something, I guess the question here is just because something's profitable, should you do it? Seems to be the question this movie's posing, like just because it'll make you money or because it'll help you accomplish some goal, is it worth doing? Is it worth making the Indominus Rex to drive more people there? Is it worth getting in bed with the evil government special forces guys? Uh, See, that is another thing that confuses me about why they made the Indominus Rex. 
they pretty clearly establish in the movie that their amber mines are not running out. They're discovering new species of dinosaurs all the time and like unsplicing, resplicing them in the laboratory and, you know, making, they're restoring them. Yeah. Yeah. Restoring them. Uh, and then we know that there were like thousands of species of dinosaurs, right? Well, I assume they have all the skeletons and then when they find like the complete or the almost complete DNA sequence, they're like, Oh, cool. You know, now we can make the whatever. Yeah. That, to, to me, that seems it seems weird because you've got this whole global operation involved in finding, you know, fossilized dinosaur DNA, and we know that there are, you know, many many hundreds of species of dinosaurs, and they've only got like fourteen or something on the island at this time. You know, why go through all that trouble and splice this new like hybrid dinosaur in a lab when you could just discover like, you know, a new kind of dinosaur and make a ready-made natural more or less dinosaur and put it in there in its own enclosure i mean they like why did they have to go this extra step of like genetic they they don't explain that very well in in the sense that it's just said oh you know corporate thought it would be a great idea well to me corporate would think like okay what's going to cost the the least that we can get the most bang for the buck for and that would be just yep. finding a new species not creating one and splicing it together but then they give this whole explanation that oh the military wanted this for some reason which I'm sure we're going to see more of in the sequel yeah that that's what I have to assume because raptors in Afghanistan they skimped on the explanations but I I have to assume it's only because they had something in mind but they they want to make that a, a plot element later. Yeah. I agree, though. Like, if I were a company and I already had my amber mind running and I already had the people who were the experts at getting the DNA out of the mosquitoes and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, I would just, you know, hey, guys, make, an, make a the whatever a source. <laughs> we're almost done with that one, right? Yeah. We'll build a new enclosure. Not let's 3D print a dinosaur, basically. Like, why? But that, again, I guess that's because in the sequel, we're going to find out that... Uh, Dr. Wu's military arrangement or whatever that thing he was talking about was sinister. But I guess the question is then, like, is it going to be really a movie about the park or really a movie about any of that so much as a movie about, like, Chris Pratt has to stop the evil dinosaur ninjas? Yeah. Human-saurian hybrids. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, as President Bush warned us about, and I think the 2002 or three he State of the Union, it. yeah, we we have to be mindful of the danger of animal-human hybrids, so we're going to ban it. Right. I think I think he was uh, jumped the gun a little bit on that one. <laughs> he jumped the gun a little bit, but yeah, I, that's really my question here. Is like, okay, now they can make dinosaurs from scratch, apparently, and the park's all fucked up and ruined again. So the, the second or third time that's happened. What's what is the sequel going to be? They're going to be raptors in space. Like it's going to be, like you said, raptors in Afghanistan. Like, ooh, we're sick of these fucking insurgents. We're going to send raptors after them. Or it's going to be raptor SWAT teams. Going to be criminals, you know, like Russian mega criminals buying raptors to help them like steal arms shipments. Are raptors going to have raptor bodyguards? Like what you know, yeah. feeding them caviar and stuff. Yeah, just what is the. If you're going to build this world and you're going to have that weird government relationship with the dinosaur 3D printing factory as a convenient excuse to, you know, have the action scenes and wreck the park and shit in this movie, what does it mean for the future? Like, what are you going to get out of that? I don't know. We'll have to find out. I don't want to find out. So, you know, I guess to to sum it up for me, because I don't have much more to say about this this film, is that... There are some cool things in this movie, as we discussed, but I think your film has a serious problem anytime that the character with which I identify most is the dying Apatosaurus. Oh, let me talk about that for a second, though. It was like another weird uh, Bryce Dallas Howard character moment, like, ooh, these dinosaurs are numbers on a spreadsheet. I only care about money and making the park run smoothly. I'm a robot. I can't love you, Chris Pratt, because you're too freewheeling. Oh, wow, it turns out that the living animals I've been around for however many years actually die. Mm, that's sad. Like, again, I get that they're trying to do the sick Triceratops thing where Dr. Grant lays on it and listens to it and has, like, the wow, super neat moment, but 
that was just like a, a really right angle inflection point for her character that didn't feel like it was really set up. It's like, dinosaurs are numbers, they're spreadsheets, I don't fucking care, make money for the park. One died, I guess it's the first time she's seen a dead dinosaur, and then it's like, ooh, maybe I was wrong about all of this. Yeah. Just yeah. shove it in there, just sit at your typewriter or whatever hipster shit you sit at and just shove it in there, just keep jamming all this character stuff in there. You gotta get it in before the credits. Yeah. Time's running out. And, yeah, I felt bad for the dinosaur, though. I did, but it's like, I feel bad for the dinosaur because I saw Jurassic Park, the first one. Yeah, it wanted to be in that movie, right? Yeah, no, no, I I feel bad for the dinosaur because I know what they're trying to do, but her, it's just like, I hate dinosaurs, they're fucking numbers, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, now I I feel like they're animals. Like, didn't you know that the whole time? Like, Yeah, so I'm going to be charitable here because... <clears throat> Although this movie was a dino turd, it was better than Jurassic Park 3 overall, I believe. So I'm going to give it a C plus. I want to say that it's on par Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. Yep. So B minus C plus. Uh I'm never gonna give it a letter grade. I don't, that doesn't really work for me. I'm gonna say it's a rent movie. Okay. It's a get it on iTunes or whatever. Don't pay $15 to see it in IMAX 3D surround sound anal suppository 4D. Like, Yeah, just see it on a normal screen. Right. <laughs> see it on a normal screen if you have to go to the theater. But I would recommend you know paying 9 bucks or whatever and watching it with your friends on your couch. Like, the, the movie, nothing feels earned in this movie. I think you're exactly right there. It just, at, at least in Jurassic Park 3, I can say that the Alan Grant and his little friend there whatever his name is billy billy yeah there that thing at the end feels slightly like i got your hat back okay fine that's like that that's the equivalent of like now i'm in love with you but it feels a little earned there because they have an actual relationship that develops over the film there's a backstory jurassic world just seems like i know michael bay didn't direct it or produce it but it feels like the transformers approach like the difference between the 80s cartoon and the transformers movies yeah, it's, you know, I think a good way to sum up Jurassic World is that it's Jurassic Park for the Snapchat generation, because everything is so fucking rushed. Yes, I guess that's the thing, though, it's because the audience, the attention span is lower, I guess, or they, which I think that that's a disservice, because, well, you know what, I'll quote another sci-fi movie comic book, Men in Black, is that a person's smart, but people are stupid. That's a good line. Stupid, panicky animals, and you know it. Right, exactly. I guess that's what they were trying to do here. Because that's the, the one thing I would say when you're watching this movie, if you go see it or you rent it. You're going to enjoy the first 20 minutes. And then if you like just shit flying at other shit on the screen and making loud noises, you're going to be happy as a clam. But if you want any of that to mean anything or you want to understand why shit's flying other shit you are probably going to be let down. Yeah, I agree with that. But I'm still going to watch it again. Yeah, I think once is enough for me. I, uh, You know what? I'm probably going to buy this on uh, Blu-ray or DVD, too, just to complete my collection. And when it's on TV, like on IFC or FX or something, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it when I'm doing something else. When I'm working. <laughs> No, I I just, no. Can't do it. I'd rather watch this movie than Jurassic Park 3. It's a tough one. I would have to say I'd rather watch neither if I had the choice. But if I had to watch one of them, I would probably watch Jurassic Park 3. Because at least I care about what's happening on the screen even a little bit. Here, it's just Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard in front of a green screen. And then kids are Navy SEAL commandos. If the kids had died, I would feel differently. Trust me. If the little kid had gotten ripped up and like his intestines pulled out by a raptor, would have been a different story. <laughs> I just think that the, one of the reasons that the, Jurassic, the first movie worked well is because the characters who were annoying or pieces of shit or stupid paid for that. Here, everybody just gets like the nice cozy ending on the evacuation thing. And then B.D. Wong gets in a helicopter and trolls his mustache. 
Yeah, so I, I guess for everybody out there, I hope that I hope that gives you a little information about the movie. Just our opinions, you know, don't uh, take ours, you know, as like the gold standard. Go see it yourselves if you really spoiler. If you want to know? Yeah, spoiler. Sorry, we should have said that at the beginning. Yeah, maybe I'll put that in. Lots of spoilers. Yeah, so you know, check it out. It's out now. It's breaking records. Go and see it. Uh, I think we should stop talking about this because because right now we're just kicking this film in the nuts. Pretty much, it's we beat it down already. And now we're just kicking it in the balls repeatedly. Sometimes you need to do that. I would say rent it, but if you have to see it, the difference in seeing it in you know five D on the max is it's not enough to justify the price. Let me put it that way. That's what I'd say. If you're going to see it, go see it. But see it on a regular screen. 